And that brings us to our first guest this week. And wouldn't the Wildcats love to have this man dominating the boards like he did during two championship winning seasons? Okay, has to take it. You can't leave him free. He's too good. He's been hot from the outset. 12 rebounds now for Nick Kay. Kay from outside this time. And he gets it to go. Nick Kay. Nick Special Kay. Yes, Nick Special K, welcome to the Dribble Podcast. Cheers, uh, mate, and uh, good to be on here. So you're in Japan at the moment, uh, ahead of another Boomers campaign. You haven't joined them yet. You'll be going up in, in a couple of days. So this is your second Boomers campaign, or your first Boomers campaign since the Olympics. When you look back on that now, what's the biggest memory that you love the most? I mean, it's too tough to go past that uh, bronze medal game. Um, just at the end of it, being able to celebrate and... Um, the emotion of winning that bronze and being with the guys and staying on that podium, um, never forget that. And I mean, that feeling's just going to stick with me forever and can't wait to uh, get back out there and put on the green and gold again. So was there ever any doubt about you committing to this campaign, given it's a younger group that you'll be leading when, when you get over there and there's been a lot of players who've been unavailable. Were you always going to play in this, especially given it is in Japan where you're living? Yeah, um, I think I put my hand up straight away to be a part of it. I knew that there was a chance that other guys weren't going to be able to do it and stuff, but um, wearing the green gold is something special to me. It's something that um, as a kid you grow up wanting to do and you never know when it's going to be your last opportunity or um, if you'll get the chance again. So I'm always going to put my hand up and try and be involved wherever I can and um, I can't wait to get back out there and play with this new group of guys and um, hopefully come away with a few wins. How much has being part of the boom has changed your basketball life? Because when, when you joined the Wildcats, you were a bloody good player, but it felt like the world didn't figure out you're a really good player until that World Cup campaign. Yeah, I mean, that World Cup was a massive step for me. I think kind of opened my eyes up to basketball outside of Australia and the opportunities to present that are out there and how much further I had to grow as a player to uh, compete on that world stage. And um, it's definitely been beneficial to me. It's changed, I guess, the course of my career. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful for the opportunity and going to keep trying to push and get better and better. So more opportunities present themselves. Where is your bronze medal? What did you do with it? Have you kept it with you? Have you t- sent it back home to the family? What, what do you do with a bronze medal when, you're in, when you come home from the Olympics? First thing you do is you keep it as safe as possible. Um, <laughs> I'm too scared to send it back. Um, I wanted to keep it with me and somewhere I knew it would be. So it's uh, tucked away um, in my room and it's going to stay there until I get back to Oz and it can go in a nice safe spot because, I mean, that's a prized possession right there, something that um, I never let go of. Have you got other memorabilia from the Olympics that you can all frame up and make it look really specky up on the wall somewhere? Yeah, for sure. Um, a few jerseys that are signed and stuff and um, I guess it's, they're the big things. You just kind of want those little memorabilia here and there just to commemorate something that's as special as that and... Um, I mean, hopefully there's a few more things to go up there with it as time goes on. So this time around, instead of teaming up with Paddy Mills and Joe Ingalls and these sorts of guys, it's a very much a younger group, but there's some really familiar names from Wildcats fans' perspective. Angus Brandt, Reese Vague are both part of the squad. They're also playing in Japan in a different sort of level to you at the moment. Gus is averaging 17 points and 10 rebounds. Reese is averaging 12 points and 8 rebounds. Are you looking? Do you, do you have much of a contact with them over there and how much you're looking forward to playing with them again? Yeah, I mean, I talked to them a fair bit. Um, obviously, we're going through similar things being over here, and they've obviously had an extra year of experience in Japan than me. So 
Uh, we talk a fair bit. I mean, I was pushing for them to make sure that they could be a part of it and wanted to be here and stuff. And I can't wait to catch up with them. I went and spend a weekend with them back in November just to watch them play and hang out with them. And um, it'll be good to good to actually get to play alongside them again because it's been a while since uh, we played together at Perth and can't wait to see how they're going on the court as well. Well, you don't play against them. There is another Wildcat in your league who is very prominent in terms of how he's performing and how Wildcat fans remember him, and that's John Mooney. But you didn't get to play against him in the first couple of games when you came up against the Chiba Jets. Now, bearing in mind you might play them during the playoffs later this year, do you think he didn't play in that because he's scared of you? <laughs> I wish that was the case. Um, obviously, you, you want to go up against the best players and stuff, and he had a tremendous season in Perth, and I was looking forward to... That was our first game of the season. I was looking forward to going up and competing against him and uh, the Chiba team because, I mean, they're the top of the league over here. They're a team that I think they won it last year. So to go up against them to start off the season, I was looking forward to that. And um, for him not to play, it's a, a shame, but it also helped us get uh, go one-on-one to start that to start that weekend. So um, hopefully the chance presents itself again. And hopefully, I mean, if we can get there together in the grand final and go up against it, I mean, it'd be a hell of a game. He's going pretty well, John. He's averaging 15 and 11, which certainly sounds like a John Mooney sort of game, and that included 28 points and 19 rebounds recently. He's um he's certainly a player that the Wildcats could do, and they, they, they could do with you at the moment as well, averaging 13 points and eight rebounds this season. Um, Last year was in Spain in a different sort of a role as well. Like, how different is playing both in Europe and in Japan to when you're playing in the NBL in terms of style and expectation? Yeah, it's huge. Um, Obviously, European... Uh, style in Spain in particular is a lot more set dominated and I guess the variety in top teams to lower teams is huge over there which you don't necessarily have in the NBL where it's such an even competition throughout so that was probably the first thing and having to adjust to I guess being off the ball a lot more Um, in Japan a little bit different itself Uh, even just some of the rules in terms of you got three imports per team but only two can be on the court at once so um, you're probably only going to play a max of 27 minutes a game just so the rotations are there and you've just got to be able to get used to finding your role and um, finding ways to help and create that opportunity in that time. That import rule is really unique, isn't it? Like there's so many countries have different rules around their imports and there's even height rules in some countries. So how does the coach handle the rotations when you're trying to work out how to, how to get your imports in the right positions? Yeah, it's tough. Um Thankfully, we got a great coach over here, Paul Hanaro, who was in the NBL for a long time, player and coach. And um, he's been great with a group of guys. Um, he's really helped the club develop from where they were last year to where they are now. And um, we got a tough end of the season to come ahead, but we're in a good spot right now. I think we're sitting second in our conference. So um, we're just going to have to push hard and um, try to keep that uh, rhythm and uh, winning streak going. Your name was well and truly back in front of Wildcats fans' minds the other day when you were named in the 40th anniversary team. Big, big, big honour to be named in the, in the best 10 players in the club's dynamic history. What did that mean to you? I mean, it's a huge honour. Um, I think I put it out there like I would not want to be the guy having to pick that team and stuff. The amount of quality players that have been for the Wildcats and the success the club has had. Um, I guess it just shows when you look at that list how many quality players and people that the club has had in its tradition and um, how each of those players have helped Im- um, impact the club and uh, make it go from strength to strength. So there's so many good players. Like, I mean, I'm looking there and I'm looking at guys like Jesse and stuff and you just wonder how he doesn't make it. But I guess it, it just shows you how good the team is and 
mean, I had him in there over me, so um, it just depends how it's going, but it is a huge honour. You put out some social media stuff afterwards to, to thank people for being selected in that team and mentioned in there that you'd love to play for the, the, the group again. Is that realistic? Can you see yourself coming back to the NBL? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I mean, Australia's home. I'm going to try and get back there, obviously, right now, just with the point of my career, I'm trying to experience a few different things and get around and see a few different places and stuff and um, try to set myself up as well. So I'd love to get back and hopefully it's only a few years or a couple of years or a few years away and I'd love to be able to return to Perth where uh, I've got a home, um, my fiance's family's from there and stuff and, I mean, the club's the best in the league and I'd love to be a part of that again. But it's certainly not something for 2023 or 2024. It's a fair way down the track. Is that what, is that what you're saying? You, you want to continue doing the overseas stuff for now? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how far away. It could be a couple of years, could be a few years. Um, but I would love to get back and maybe it is in a couple of years and it just depends where I'm at in that point in my career. And um, also, I mean, when you're talking about families and stuff, things change and the world changes as we've seen in the past couple of years. So um, I'm never going to close the door to anything or, and I've got great relationships with a lot of guys there. So always reaching out and talking to guys and hopefully that um, comes about again. From, from a living perspective, how, how difficult is it moving countries and having to adjust to just the language, the lifestyle, the cultures that you're now being faced with as you, you move around the world and have to just learn different things? Yeah, huge challenge. I mean, language is the first one. Um, you change in places and you finally start to pick up a little bit of the language at the place and then you move somewhere else and it's complete. It's, you start from scratch again. So, And then obviously food, the way um, the cultural acceptances and stuff in different places and that. But, I mean, that's part of the experience of travelling the world and stuff as well. I wouldn't have this experience if it wasn't for basketball and um, I'm enjoying that aspect of being going from Spain to Japan and to different places. So basketball's definitely opened my eyes up um, to a lot of different cultures around the world and very grateful for that opportunity. And we've seen the impact it's had on your career on the court for the Boomers. Like, where, where are you a better player, do you feel now, as a result of playing in multiple roles in multiple countries? Yeah, I think the ability to adjust has been a huge thing. Um, when you play in one system or style for a long time, you can get comfortable. Um, moving from team, moving to a different teams and different uh countries there's a lot of different variations and it's definitely helped me understand myself as an individual in the way i play the game and helped me pick up on a lot of new little things as well that um has been fun and really uh helping me play better basketball and speaking with wildcats people when the, the roster positions open up each year and they go we always say any chance of getting him back and a lot of the time they say he'd be crazy to come back at the moment because financially he can earn so much more overseas. Is it more? Is it that much more lucrative to, to play overseas than what the NBL can, can currently provide? I think it depends on situations, um, where you are and what you're trying to do with your career. Um, obviously, little things like the way you get paid um, is a big thing. Agent fees, tax, all these little things come into consideration. And... Um, Obviously, that's why you got your accountants, your agents and that that have to sort all this stuff out for you and that. But um, right now, yeah, I'm just trying to kind of set myself up the best I can. And um, at this stage, it means being over in Japan for this season and um, we'll see what the future holds. 
Yeah, so you only get a certain amount of time to build your life as an athlete, so you've got to make the most of it the entire time. And as much as the Wildcats would love you right now, they don't have you, but uh, there are other players who are filling in those roles for the team as we go through the Dribble Podcast MVP votes from the loss to Sydney. Went one vote to Luke Travers for coming off the bench, giving the team a spark with 16 points, five rebounds and two blocks. Two votes to Nick's good mate Mitch Norton for 14 points, five rebounds, four assists and an early rolled ankle just to be standard Mitch Norton getting injured some point during a game. And three votes went to Bryce Cotton for his 33 points and eight three-pointers. It was quite a remarkable performance by him. Now, I imagine one of the more disappointing elements for you in terms of playing overseas is you haven't got to see your grandfather all that much. And he was a really important part of your career over here. We saw him driving around the country to just to watch you play. Like, What's it been like to be separated from that sort of a relationship? Yeah, that's a tough thing. Um, not being able to be around family um, is one of the challenging aspects of being overseas. Um, I mean, I haven't been home in two years and I'm just looking forward to getting back and seeing him and... I know that if they were able to travel and do all this stuff, they'd be over here supporting, watching games and um, doing all that stuff. But thankfully, the way technology is these days, I'm FaceTiming at least two, three times a week, him and having chats and stuff. And then your family, fiance, everyone that you can think of, you're just reaching out to these people and it's made it a lot easier, that's for sure. So tell me about the bond you two have, because as I said, he, he was living in Perth for extended periods despite being from the other side of the country and it was just to see you. Yeah, so it even started before that. I think um, it all came down to he had some health issues um, in his early 50s and he was basically all but bedridden through arthritis, wasn't able to really move or anything and kind of found a way um, through basketball and the way I was playing to travel, get get out and about and just said, I'm going for it, I'm going to do all these things and push myself and um, it happened to be at the time where he started to get a bit better from it all and basically that was a bond that we started creating it got even stronger and next thing he was over in the states i think eight times in the four years i was there and then he's anytime he gets a chance he's got the block mattress out or doing whatever he can to come stay where he can and support us so we got a great relationship me and him and he's always there for a bit of advice whether it's wanted or not at different points but um love him to death and i uh, can't wait to uh, get to see him again any chance that he could head to japan or is that just not realistic at his age with COVID around the world yeah, I don't know if he'll get here this season just with uh, border restrictions and whatnot, even over in Japan right now. Uh, they're pretty tight on a lot of this stuff. But hopefully uh, I'll definitely see him when I get back to Oz and then he, he, without a doubt he'll be wherever I go next year. He'll uh, come for a visit for sure. And when you look to the next weekend where you'll be playing obviously for the Boomers, who are you looking forward to, to, to playing with when you don't really know a lot of the guys, I'd imagine, in that group? With that young team at the moment, is there anyone who you've had a bit of contact with or you've watched so far and you go, that'd be really cool to, to, to link up with them? Yeah, I haven't uh, had a lot to do with a lot of these guys. Um, obviously, guys like Proctor and stuff, I'm interested just to see their game and um, see how it's going to translate and be involved in... Um, trying to help him show how good he is on the international stage. And then, I mean, a guy like Emmett Nah, he's such a, a smart point guard that gets guys involved and stuff. And, I mean, if you've got a good relationship with your point guard, it makes your life a lot easier as a big. So looking forward to sending some good screens for him and uh, working together on that aspect. You know anything about Kyle Zunik, who's been playing his trade over here at the Wildcats? A little bit. I've been talking to uh, Nordo and stuff, and he said he's a hell of a player. So um, keen to see him get over here and stuff. And... Um, can hear some of the stories about the boys that uh, they've been keeping quiet from me, so that'll be good. And you obviously still have a really strong relationship with Mitch and, and they're staying in touch as much as you can in between you trying to play and him trying to play at the same time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty much, a, I'm a bit of an NBL um, hopeless fan. I pretty much watch every game that comes on, um, especially the Wildcats when they're playing and stuff. And watching them the other night, it's great to see Norto hitting those threes and the way he's playing and getting guys involved. So just um, seeing his development on the court and the way it's being appreciated by people throughout the league, it's great to see. And, I mean, we're talking all the time, so it's been good. Can you see them winning it or do you, do you think they need to make some changes to the roster to make themselves better? Where do you see their squad at from what you've seen so far? I think they're in a great spot. Um, obviously, I think they're, what, eight and four right now. They're sitting, I think, second or something. And they've positioned themselves really well. Obviously, it's still early in the season. They've got a good home patch to come. And um, all you got to do, you got to make the, the top four, then try and get those top two spots and you can get some home court games. So um, you just got to be peaking at the right time of year. Trevor used to always say that when I was there. It's just about ticking those little milestones off as you go, and you're in a good spot to do that this year. Uh, well, we have a segment here on the Dribble Podcast called This or That. Can't sit on the fence. Got to come in with a, a real answer. And this week, we're going to look at unwritten rules. There was a big blow-up and a big story in America after Michigan coach Juan Howard took offence to Wisconsin taking a timeout late in the game when the score was well and truly uh, over. The game wasn't going to it wasn't going to be won as a result of uh, any late segments or late shots. So uh, the brawl erupted as a result of the disrespect that he took from that. Are you a fan of unwritten rules in sport or do you reckon people should just live by the actual written rules? What do you think it, it should be? Have unwritten or just follow the real ones? Uh, I think I think some unwritten rules are needed just in general sport. So I keep it basic and say, yeah, unwritten rules are good. Yeah. Yeah. It does tend to keep games in check. That, that's for sure. But look, thank you very much for joining us from Japan. It's really good to, to catch up. Every time we've had a chance to speak since you've been overseas, it's been great. And we really enjoyed it. I know the Wildcats fans have enjoyed watching you play. And, and that Olympic bronze medal was just outstanding. So hopefully things go really well for you in Japan. Hopefully things go really well for you for the Boomers. And then in a few years' time, we can get you back here in the red uniform again. I appreciate it, man. Um, all the sports definitely appreciated. And Looking forward to hopefully watching those Wildcats get another win this year.